fabulous new whisper in the wings from Stage Whisper. We have a wonderful and powerful episode in store for you today, and we are so excited about the guests joining us. We have a dear friend of ours and an incredible performer and coach joining us. She's currently the author and artist of a new show premiering this coming January 22nd, Monday night. It's called In My Own Little Corner, My Work in Progress with Bipolar Disorder. Again, it's one night only, Monday, January 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Abrams Art Center. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting ovationticks.com. Of course, this wonderful author and artist I speak of is the incredible... Chrissy Whitehead. So we're so honored to have her, and we will now welcome her on our show. Chrissy, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Yay! Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And having us, having our show. Thank you. Yes, I'm so happy that you're here. It's so good to see you. I and and to be talking about this incredible work that you're doing. I've been, I mean, we we met many moons ago working on a show together, and I've been following you since. You've been doing wonderful coaching, nurturing the future of theater, the youth coming into the theater, and now you have brought this great work in my own little corner, talking about a subject I don't think a lot of people talk about in the theater. So can we start by having you tell our listeners a little bit about what this show is about? Yes, well, it's definitely a mother-daughter love story. And it's also about our journeys with mental health and mental illness and how we've taken care of it or not taken care of it, been diagnosed with something, not diagnosed with something. So it's really my mom and my story. So she passed away in 2013 and the show is is more of a legacy of my life's work and giving back to the community about what is it like if we just talk openly about our mental health and taking care of our brains and what does that look like when we take care of our brains and what does that look like when we don't take care of our brains whether you have a diagnosis or not but basically it's about the fact it's me unraveling the diagnosis that I got when I'm in 2018 I was 38 years old and I had already been on antidepressants because my mother had died and I had was dealing with heavy, heavy feelings, not wanting to be here, not really not having any drive, which is not like Chrissy. And then I got on antidepressants for a couple of years. And then I had a, a new therapist when I moved to the South in the mountains uh, with my husband, big change. And she suggested I see a psychiatrist about bipolar disorder. And I was like, what? and then, yeah, I've been, I've been unraveling it ever since and, and wrote the show. And it's taken about two years to get it to where it's at today. And we're very proud of it. It's not just me it's the many people who have helped me along the way to get this story out there that is incredible i love that you're opening up and you're sharing that story and i hope that people will come and hear that and be like you know what i I went through that exact same thing and it's not there's it's not a negative thing actually it you feel so much better you feel so much better when you're allowed to talk about it right and 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 when you for the beginning it wasn't easy for me I was very nervous about it but there was something calling me I I think my mom always talked to me in my life and as a child growing up she'd always say to me I'd be like mom what is why are we here why are we we here what is what's the purpose of being here on this earth and she would say to give back my darling to give back and I think that this is where this port in my life I think it's important to know that you know, my last Broadway show or last working job that I did was in 2017. I was in Chicago 
I was playing Kitty, understanding Velma. And I, I stopped after that. So I, I have not performed in, I mean, doing press and doing all this stuff is like hilarious to me because it's, because I don't have an agent anymore. I don't have a manager anymore. I'm not doing a show to come out and be like, oh, Chrissy Whitehead's coming back to Broadway. You know, it's more, it's more me coming out and developing a show that I feel comfortable to do. And in the same time, it's healing for me to talk about and then to see how it's affecting people. Like right now we're on tour. Like this show is actually a part of our mini tour. So we just did one in Alabama. Our first show was in November 5th, 2022. So we are an ever evolving work in progress and it comes with a talk back. So it's not just a, sh it's not just a show. So I'm going to talk and share my story and unravel this diagnosis. And we're going to be play detectives on my life and my mom's life for a little bit for like an hour. And then after that, we're going to have a licensed mental health professional sit down with me and our producer and, and the audience with house lights up and let's have a conversation so that we're not unpacking all of this information for you, for you to just take it and go home. So I, I'm thrilled because as a passionate educator, being the co-founder of Broadway Arts Community, which is what you were talking about, coaching and teaching and mentoring the next generation of artists, along with my best friend, Alexis Kara, we, it is like, it is my life's work now to, you know what I love about theater? It's the people. It's not the applause. It's not the glitz and glamour. It's the people, right? Yeah. And, and it's the people that you really invest in and connect with. Like my director choreographer is Brian Knowlton. I have known him since 2006 when I did a chorus line with him playing Paul and I played Christine right before I did it on Broadway. And then he ended up doing it on Broadway. So he is my best friend and he knows me and he knew my mom. And so I was like, I was scared and nervous, like you said before, to like come out and do all this. Am I really going to do a show about bipolar disorder or mental health? Is anybody really going to come see the show? But it, the show is not really for me anymore. It's really for y'all. I love that. That That is an absolutely incredible and noble thing. I love it. Thank so you. you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm curious to know what was the apex? What was the moment that, or inspiration that made you want to put the show on? You had kind of touched on the passing of your mom in 2013, which, I mean, I'm so sorry to hear about that. But was it something that particularly inspired you to put this show together? Yeah. So I had a woman who was really devoting her financial and, and love and energy towards BAC for our BIPOC spotlight scholarships. And she was really invested in my, my work as an educator and Alexis's work as an educator. And then I was opening up to her one cold winter night. <laughs> I was scared to tell her that I had it. I was also separated at the time with my husband and I said, I opened up to her about the, about having it. And then I told her I was writing a book and I had about 60 pages for a memoir, but there's something about the memoir just doesn't sit right with me. I mean, maybe one day, but I just, at the time I was like, I don't consider myself a writer and I don't think that's my medium. And she was like, well, what else would you do it as? And I said, I would do it as a one woman show, you know, but I, but I just like, who's going to come, you know? And she was like, why don't you tell me what you would need in order to do that? And I was like, Kirsten, her name is Kirsten Ringel. She is our arts angel producer. I said, Kirsten, it would have to be done right. I'm not going to like sit there and just call a friend and be like, can we just get into a studio? And like, you know, and I, and I called another music director, friend of mine that I was 
investing my relationship in and his talent was incredible. And I was like, y'all want to do this? Because I have a woman now who's going to fund us. So she basically funded the whole year of me doing two readings and a show. And then I, I paid for the theater rental and it was all an entertainment for entertainment community fund. It was a benefit. And that happened all in the year of 2022. So it was that one person that said, what would this look like? And she said, I think I can help you with that. And now cut to, she is the under, she is our producer. She's not making any money off of this show yet and probably won't because she's like, she knows what she's doing is she it's the mission is bigger than her. And she also suffers from anxiety, depression, OCD, her, her human does as well, who she calls. And so she, she wants to get the message out because she thinks she's like, after she watched the first reading, she had like tears in her eyes. She was like, I just have hope. And I was like, okay, well, if that's what this is going to do for people, then yay. So it gets raw. It gets real. I talk to people. I come out in front of the audience in the very beginning of the show. I like talk to people and say, Hey, look, I know you're coming to see something about mental health. Hang in there with me. You know, it's, it, it does get raw. It gets deep. It's personal. I tell some secrets from my mom that she probably would not want me telling, but it helps me to tell her secrets. So people understand what I was going through. Did that trigger a traumatic episode in me? Did that traumatic episode trigger bipolar in me? I don't know. There's a lot of answers. I don't know, but we're destigmatizing it. We're having conversations. We're celebrating a mother and daughter's love, regardless of the behavior that happened. And it feels really good to do now. I mean, you're talking to me now, like I'm feeling much better now talking about it. Like, you know, I have two shows under my belt. This will be my third. We're inviting all kinds of press and all kinds of people, but I just don't feel nervous about it. Cause I'm like, this is a community show. This is for all of us. That is so wonderful. Incredible. And, you know, it kind of leads into my next question, which is what has it been like developing this work and this piece and putting it all out there? <sighs> what hasn't been, hasn't it been like, I mean, Andrew, I never in a million years thought that I would be like literally taking on at any point in my time of this trajectory so far in the last two years that I would be a producer a general manager, a writer, yeah, all the things, an actress, back again, singing again. Putting it together was remarkable, but it it wasn't just with me. I had, so I also have Ken Terniglia. So Ken Terniglia is my dramaturg who, you know, he did like some shows like, like Peter and the Starcatcher and Hadestown, you know, just like the small, small shows. His work is phenomenal. He cares so much about the show. And like, even today we have a reading scheduled for us to go over the flow of the show. Nick Wilders is my music director, orchestrations, arrangements, and also shares the stage with me. So, you know, it's not just me singing. Sometimes it's him and then Brian and then Kirsten. So it takes a village, the five of us coming together, started with the three of us. Then it started, then it went Ken and it's, it's hardcore. It's no joke. Right. And then you gotta, and then you gotta like create a team and an admin and a, a family behind that. And then, uh, you know, we have new marketing. Everybody go, please go see. We're so proud of our, our new website by interruptive marketing and branding. We started from the ground up with them and sunflower is a big key in our 
in our logo and in our title. And that's because my mom, instead of roses, she would give me sunflowers for my performances. So that's like a hint of mom in the show. And yeah, it's called www.imolctheshow.com or you can go to eachlifehasitsplace.com and you can find all the places we're going and it's a lot of information, a lot of love in there. All the people that are on this project, all the thank yous so far to this day. I try to make sure everyone is credited, seen, acknowledged, accepted. You know, it's, it's really cool. That is uh, that is quite the feat. The team that that has come together to put this. I mean, wow, that's amazing. So we've been talking about a lot of topics and a lot of, of important and, and heavy topics kind of, but is there a message or a thought that you hope audiences take away from the show? Mm, that we all have a place in our lives and that somebody is going through something almost all the time. And, and if we could develop a little bit more empathy and compassion for people when they are quote unquote different seeming or a little too much, or you just don't know what someone is going through. And I think by revealing and being so vulnerable on this stage, I, I am hoping that that's what people walk away from and also that they can look at the family and friends that they may have that, that they maybe didn't understand prior and maybe they could go and have a conversation with them. I'm mean, truly our mission is to normalize conversations around mental health and help stop the stigma. That's it. Very simple. I'm not here to be a poster child. I am not the poster child for bipolar disorder or any other mental health condition. I am simply here to shed light on the topic, right? And help stop the stigma by normalizing conversations around mental health and not be ashamed of what I have. Because maybe what I have, maybe what others have, right? could be considered your superpower. I love that. I absolutely love that because I think you're right. There's a lot of us out there who share in, in the struggle that you go through, myself included. And I love that, that spin, putting that positive spin on it rather than seeing it as a detriment, seeing it as a superpower. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I think that there, we do need to be clear too, though, about that there is there is something, right? So what do you do when you get a diagnosis? Like say when we, just even as simple as getting a diagnosis of a cold or COVID or what, like what we take steps to like, we drink our fluids, we try to drink hot broth, we stay warm, we whatever. So I guess looking at these kinds of diagnosis, diagnoses is how can I do my very best to manage that? And I, and I think that the medicine that I, I take for me, right? And I will always say this works for me. I, I, I take lithium twice a day, right? And since I started lithium, it's a mood stabilizer. So like we do talk in the show about the difference between bipolar one diagnosis and bipolar two diagnosis. And I talk about how like an average person experiences highs and lows like this. This is kind of how we've shown, right? And bipolar two experiences highs and lows kind of like this. And then bipolar one can experience extreme highs and for long periods of time, extreme lows, but sometimes just extreme highs, right? And those are the ones that I have read about that I feel, oh my God, they are institutionalized. I've never been institutionalized. So I can only talk from my own lived experience, right? But man, oh man, have I felt the roller coaster of the ups and downs. 
And I've also now noticed, because I mood track, you know, the routines and stuff are very important, that I don't, that the, my roller coasters are not as roller coasters. Like, yes, I can get excited. Of course I can get excited. It doesn't, hasn't changed like my, my spirit of who I am, right? But I don't, it doesn't overtake me where I remember, Andrew, when people would, when I was so excited by, by jiving off of people and, you know, just like the, just the performance, you know, us, like performers, artists, right? But to the point where it was a little bit even more so and that my friends or people would just say to me, wow, Chrissy, what are you on? And I'd be like, life, people, you, <laughs> you know? But I don't, even for me, that's a manufactured now. Like that, that, that's not a, that's not a norm. And I'm okay with that for me. Cause I don't want to operate and then crash and then operate and then crash. Because the scariest part about all that is if we don't take care of it, it can lead to Alzheimer's, dementia, and even suicide. Now that is the scientific answer that I just said, but like, and I was like, what? She was like, yeah. She was like, listen, you can stay creative and on your buzz all you want, but it's doing this, this jolt, this jerk on your brain is doing damage. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to damage that. Yeah. I don't want to damage that. <laughs> it's just a little important, right? <laughs> the thing that just keeps you operating every day i mean this thing keeps us operating every day so anyway what well, with such a great story such a great message my final question for the first part of this interview is who do you hope have access to in my own little corner oh my god everybody i want everybody to have access so here's the here's the goal are you ready so of course we want to travel and we want to go anywhere and i feel like my vision of this I'm very open palming it because it's pretty neat the way people have been coming into this whole existence and just like, I mean, obviously we would love, we're looking forward to a hopeful limited engagement for off-Broadway, but that's still just New York City, right? And then if it got to Broadway, oh my God, wouldn't that be incredible? Only because it's more mainstream and more people would know about it, right? That's what it, for, for me, is why Broadway would be so important. But the main thing that I want, Andrew, is that my main goal, because what if I, I, we already have one, I could send you the first one, but you're coming to this, you're coming to this one. But we had one that was a selling point for us that we, that we did, but I gotta be honest with you, that first time, do you think that was easy for me? No. Do you know what I did? I held an iPad. I held an iPad the whole time because I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I am not fully ready. And that's when Ken was a blessing and said, we're going to name this my work in progress because every single time you do this, it's just going to get stronger and better. Right? So now I will not be holding an iPad. I'm very clear and good with my lines. I'm ready to go for this. Like first, like the second time I had a teleprompter, hilarious, but I only looked down like two or three times. So I was like, okay, I'm doing pretty good. Now I'll be ready. Third time's the charm. But, but what my point is, is that I will do this till I, so that I can keep on doing it, right? And it's like, it feels like a class to me. I'm not gonna lie. Like coming out on stage, I'm like holding a class with an audience and that feels better for me than this like pressure to like do this thing, you know? We gotta film it. We gotta film it, live capture in New York City, hopefully during the limited run off Broadway so that we have an audience. Cause I, because I watched what the constitution means to me on Amazon Prime, come on, come 
on. She's my inspiration. I would love to meet her one day because when I saw her do that and I'm sitting in my little mountain home because I was there for like three years during COVID and I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in that theater right now. And I was like, that's phenomenal. So that's what we want to do. And either we sell it to Amazon Prime or Netflix as the only two that I would just because everyone is, most people have that. Most people have Amazon Prime. But you know what I'm really gearing towards? I'm just gearing towards YouTubing it so that everybody and their mother could watch this show. I would like, I think that's probably where we'll end up because that's what I want to do before I die. What if I died in the next, like, I'm not afraid to talk about death. I faced death in the mirror with my mother. She, it was a slow suicide. It was a suicide. She gave up on life. And I definitely am like, oh my gosh, I know that I, that this is something that I need to do before I go, because we see it. We see books that are before us that we go, wow, that person lived through that. They went through that. I guess I could do that. And I, that's what's important to me is the, the, the medium of film. So that's the main one. So at some point, you know, we're, I mean, I, I mean, I really believe I'm hoping and believing that there's going to be people like Kirsten that just want the message out there and would be happy to just, if they have that coots of lottery money that they could just go, this is my gift. This is my gift to humanity. I'm going to give this gift of the show. I'm going to pay all these people their work and then that's it. And then they're going to do it. And then it's going to be out on the ethernet forever. second part of our interview we love to give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit better and i'm so excited for our guests to get to know you you have just had an incredible life an incredible career and you're such a fascinating person in general and so i want to start by asking you what or who inspires you you know what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past or just some of your favorites Mm, Okay, so the very first person that ever inspired me was Vera Ellen in White Christmas. So you know how Vera Ellen, like, she always has like this like look on her face, like she's got a delicious secret about you, or she just doesn't know what's about to happen. So I definitely figured that out in the last few years. I was like, oh, wow, that was a heavy influence on me because I, when I dance, it's my first form of storytelling. I love, you know, I did Fosse when I, and Fosse inspires me. I was young. I did the first national tour of Fosse when I was 21, turned 21 on the tour. Really talented actors who are super honest and genuine and truthful in their work. I saw a one-man show. I'm just throwing out things that just are coming to my head. Oh, this is also inspiring me, especially for my show or our show. Gabriel Byrne. Oh my gosh. For two hours, that man spoke the whole time. That's what made me call Ken. And I was like, okay, I have no excuse to hold an iPad ever again. But it was deeply personal. He was deeply vulnerable. 
and accessible and, and just an older man. I just really, I don't know. I just really appreciate, I saw everything he, everything he painted and I thought I could do that. And then I was like, this is where we're going to have our show. I did. I said, we're going to be in music box. That's the theater. We're going to be in the music box. I could see it. I was like, this is where we're doing it. And, and then like I saw Prima Facie. So I watched that. Right. And I'll, and I'll give you my little like into that. Yes, it was everything. It was wonderful. Her performance, it was like, hands down, like you're just like, wow, I can't believe I'm witnessing this right now, especially from an actress like who is stepping into someone else's shoes, right? It's not the author's story. You know what I was wanting? I wanted more after. I wanted to know more. You know what I wanted? I wanted to freaking talk back. I wanted to talk back with the author and I wanted, I wanted something like what we're doing I wanted that now granted that woman what she just went through like you'll see mine I'm not putting myself through there's only one moment where I become my mom and it's emotional but other than that like I'm really just telling the story but like she's going through it but I really wanted and I remember because they had this beautiful printout we give resources by the way for our show in my little corner we have a resource card that comes into the program, all that stuff. And they had this gorgeous thing about it, right? This like fold out thing you could pull out. I still have it. But I, I, I just felt like I had so many feelings that night because I had some stuff that I resonated with and I had nowhere to put it. And they said in the program, you can call, you can do this, you can do that. But I was like, and I was just witnessed all of this with an audience. And I just, for me, that's, that's what made me excited. So I was inspired by that because I was inspired to like, at least take it to a next level. You know, that might've been too hard probably for the writer and everyone has their reasoning, but I, 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 I just wanted that. I wanted more, which is always a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Two great shows there that I absolutely loved. And I'm glad that they inspired you and, and, and just wonderful suggestions there. I would love to know now, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? You you mentioned it earlier, you know, the people. Can, do you want to elaborate on that maybe or, or add to Yeah, something? I mean, it's the best, it's the it's the best friends you choose to invest in. It's every job, right? So I'm 40, I'll be 44 in March. I started as a rocket. So I still have a girlfriend in my life from when I was 18 years old. And She's doing fabulous, Miss Kelly King. Give her a little shout out out, out in Florida. It was a rocket forever. So she was like, so I stayed in touch with her. I met Alexis, my business partner on Broadway Arts Community. You know, we, we I mean, on the National Tour of Fosse. And then, you know, we started a company together and now we're like married in that way. Theater to me is, a lot of people say, I mean, I do, I have been, I just recently was in a video that said, and I feel the lights on my face. And I was like, oh my God, this is so dramatic. But the lights on my face and I feel like I was born to do this. Well, I'll tell you when the lights come on my face and I feel the lights on the stage, it to me feels like it's the celestial place. It's, it's, it's heaven to me. It's, it's where I'm get the portal to my mom. It's, I felt that before she passed, but so there is something to when I get on the stage and it just, and I can feel the audience with me we're doing this dance together. That's really cool. But, and 
you can only be in the spotlight for so long. It's so boring. It's just very, and it's very lonely. How many people I'm sure that you've interviewed that are like been leads all the time. I guarantee you a lot of those people will be like, it's lonely at the top. You're not, you're not in the ensemble numbers. You're, you know, you're carrying the thing. You're carrying the lead. It's a lot of responsibility. Oh, one of my dearest friends, another one that I met through the theater, Paul Nolan, who's done so beautifully, so many shows here in New York. He was Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar. He's bright star. He's done, done everything. He didn't have a, like, I remember him telling me, like, he didn't even speak while he was the lead in a, you know, it's hard. Like, to be the lead in eight shows a week, it's like, it's your life. It is your life's work. But, and sometimes we can, I, I myself can get lost. I think I got lost in sight of what was important to me when I was striving so hard to be a star. And that's why all the time with my students and our students, I say, look, the most important thing you can ever do for your life is invest in your relationships. And I say, in your career. Don't think about who you can talk to. We can sniff all that. Don't think about who you can like buddy up with or try to get connected to. It's not connection. It's investment. Amen. I love, I love that thought. Oh, Chef's kiss. Yeah, someone put that on a t-shirt. Well, we have now arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, and I'm so excited to hear yours. And that is, <laughs> what is your favorite theater memory? Okay, I have two. I have two. Okay, first of all, I have to say that the first thing that pops up into my head when I was like, I know I made it, and this kind of helped. I feel like I have to like show this thing, but okay, do you remember like when? <laughs> so it's opening night of a chorus line, right? And yeah, it was a huge deal. I didn't know 3,000 people auditioned for the show. I didn't, we didn't have every little step out yet. So I knew I did that documentary, but we didn't know when it was coming out. So when the documentary comes out and you start to see all the people that are at the, the opening night of a chorus line, I didn't know, but then I turned around and I, <laughs> you know, when these music, da 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 you know, the big part of at the very end, one, right? Singular sensation, right? The very end. Okay, so I go, boom, bah. And then the lights come like flat and you can see the audience. Liza Minnelli gets up in the aisles and is like, ah! and like dance in the aisle. And she was like, yeah. And then, and then she went back to her seat. And I remember being like, that's Liza Minnelli. Oh my God. Oh my. I, my, my, I still have chills, still have chills. So that's one of my favorite theater memories. Cause I was just like, wow. Cause I loved her. I loved her in Arthur. I loved her in so many, you know, I love people in different things. I'm not your mainstream musical theater person. I don't know all the people and the shows. And although I coach it, I coach humanity <laughs> through people's songs and help people be honest. But anyway, so that's one, the second one. Okay. This is, this is, I have to do this quickly, I think, but it is my audition for a chorus line. And it's freezing. It's probably one of the like in New York City. And now I live in LA, right? Because I was pursuing being a television actress. I was doing a lot of acting out there. And so I was 26 and I come into this audition. It's my final callback. And everybody's saying, you got to go see Cheetah Rivera show. You got to go see Cheetah Rivera show. I was like, oh yeah, totally. So I get a ticket last minute. It's her last show that was being done at that theater that we ended up being in. Okay. So it's her last show. And I show up and everybody, I mean, the whole crowd, they're running late. 
They have not opened the things and it's freezing. Okay. It's freezing. So I come in and I was like, oh my gosh. Now sidebar during AMDA, there were two people that I fell in love with in film lab. They were the old broads. And I was like, I want to be like that because they are amazing actors. And one was what, who guess. Um, oh, you're really, Oh like, my God. And it starts with a J. J J J J J J Julie Andrews. Nope. Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Dame yeah. Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench. Hold on one second. Dame Judy Dench was one. Okay. I watched her do sin in the clowns and I was like, I'm dying. And then I watched, come on, Elaine stretch. Here okay. to the ladies who love. Okay, great. So wait, hold on. This is the best story. You have to have this story because it's like one of my favorites. Okay, so basically I saw that and I was like, that's it. And I knew her name and that was it. Okay, that was when I was like 18, 19. It's now 26 years old. I'm coming out. I look ahead. Big fur coat, big glasses. Elaine Stritch. And I was like, oh my God, it's Elaine Stritch. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Elaine Stritch. Oh my God. <laughs> And I was like, okay, hold on. I said, oh. so I go up to her and now she's talking to someone. She's talking to a fan. She's talking to a fan. And then I'm standing here and she goes like this. She looks and she goes, so she goes like this to you. And I'm like, ah. and, I, and I went, she goes, and then she turns around and she goes, yes, dear. And I said, hi, 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 hi. My name is Chrissy Whitehead and I like went to AMDA and I like just wanted to tell you that I just think you're like absolutely phenomenal. There was like, there was a, there was a number you did that I saw in school and I'm so sorry. I'm kind of like breaking on it right now, but you kind of do like something and you hold something and you're like, girls and her friend goes, ladies who lunch. And I was like, yes, ladies who lunch. Oh my gosh. Yes. Sorry. Anyway, just want to tell you that I'm like here for course line for Broadway and I just, want to say thank you so much for just all the work that you, you're just wonderful and she goes dear can you say that all again without using the word like and I said yes I can my name is Chrissy Whitehead and I went to AMDA and I am in town for a Broadway revival of a chorus line I am da 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 and then she goes a chorus line who wrote that and I went oh um uh <laughs> She goes, Marvin Hamlet. And I was like, yes. She goes, no. Hmm. And I was like, yes. And she was like, well, honey, I want you to call me at the Carlisle when you get this job. And I went, what? She goes, I mean it. And I went, <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. And then she walked away. And as she walked away, she looked at her friend. She goes, I think that girl's going to get that job. And then, and I called my mom. I called my mom. And I said, mom, mom. I'm like, mom. <laughs> I was like, mom, Elaine Stritch just told me she thinks I'm going to get the job. She goes, who? I said, Elaine Stritch told me she thinks I'm going to get the job. She goes, who? I go, never mind. <laughs> I watched the show and I booked the job. And my mentor, Elaine Petrikoff, who also inspires me and is my mentor from the head of musical theater at AMDA. She's now like my mom. She goes, you better call her. And I said, I call her? She goes, oh, you call her. So I called. Hi, can I please speak with Elaine Stritch? At the Carlisle, they said, please hold. And then I went, ring, ring, hello. <gasps> Hi, Miss Stretch. Hi, this is Chrissy. I met you yesterday. I just want to tell you that I, I, I booked it. And she goes, what, dear? And I said, I got the job. I got Christine on Broadway. I just wanted to tell you because you told me to call you. She goes, ah, oh, 
How marvelous. How marvelous. You tell Marvin Hamlet this is a, an opening I've got to be at. And <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So she didn't come to opening. We have another story later on in life. Basically, I saw her in A Little Night Music. I Years later, I sent her a note and a rose backstage. They come out and get me at the stage door. I go to her and see her in her dressing room. She remembers me. She says, Chrissy, darling, how are you? What are you up to? Thank you for your note. And I said, wow. I said, first of all, you don't know me at all. Like, at all. Like, there's not any person that, like, connected her. She, I am this young actress who just took to her and she took me in she said you stay in touch with me and then I saw her when I was in company because you know I did company with with Neil Patrick Harris and Lincoln Center favorite theater memories I know blown away sorry you had to get all of that because it's fun it needs to be told it's such a sweet shit you needs to be told how wonderful she was to a actor who just doesn't really know anything <laughs> I mean, I wish our listeners could see my face right now. I, that is probably the best memory I've ever heard. Oh my God. I, I know. I know. Elaine Stritch is just like one of like my favorite I, of the like old school Broadway. She's ladies. no bull, you know? She's no bull. No. She, she was very much, this is who I am. And yeah, I'm, she, and I, but she was great at her job too. She was great. She, she was able to be the way she was because she was so good. And yes. I adored her. I cannot believe. Those right. were amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing the, wow. Well, as we wrap things up, I would love to know, do you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug for you? Just Broadway Arts Community. If you or any of your listeners or any people who have teenagers to professionals who are looking for artists who've done it all. Like we, we say, be who you needed when you were younger. We are being who we needed when we were younger. And we act as mentors. We, what's cool I like about Alexis and I is that our body of work is very vast and very eclectic. So it's not just musical theater. We both have worked heavily on television as an actress. We have danced on television. We have, we have lived in LA. We have lived in New York. We have done tons of commercials as an actress, as a dancer. So we are kind of like your one-stop shop for all of it. You know, we have played the leading roles. I've played Lola and Cassie and Bomba Lorena and Cats, like the triple, you know, those kinds of things and, and Kathy and company. And so I'm very proud of Broadway Arts Community. It's like our legacy. We're trying to become a nonprofit so that we can go into underserved communities and do residencies there as well. So between in my own little corner and Broadway Arts Community, my plate is super full and very, very happy and very full. Yeah. That is wonderful. Love, love what you're doing. That is so wonderful. And it leads to my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about In My Own Little Corner or about you or the Broadway arts community, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? You can do so at hello, hello, at I-M-O-L-C, standing for In My Own Little Corner, I-M-O-L-C, theshow.com. Uh, you can absolutely reach out to us. We, we love it. We have a beautiful, sweet team. I have, I want to give a shout out to Anant Das, who's also our executive producer for New York. I want to give a shout out to Dan DeMello, who is my press agent, who got us 
this beautiful interview with you. And I just can't do, we can't do anything alone. We can't get our word out there without other people believing in us. So I'm very, very appreciative of his belief and love in the show. And then Kirsten Rinkle, our producer, Lauren Barrett, our executive assistant and media marketing person. I just want to give her all the love in the world because she has been my right hand woman, came to me, wasn't afraid to ask, said, Hey, I can do X, Y, and Z. What are you needing? I'm passionate about what you're up to. So I do love for people to know it's okay to ask. All they can do is say no. So, and then Jay Monet Hill is our stage manager and she was my student at AMBA. So you see, it just becomes a fun little family. And Nick Wilders was the music director. I think I said that earlier. Yeah, come come talk to us there. We're on socials. I am LLC the show. Yeah, I think. And then just the website, check it out. We've got a lot of resources, a lot of a lot of goodies in there. And our show is January 22nd. It is coming up 7 p.m. It's 314 seats, beautiful theater. And you're gonna be there, which is exciting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I'm so excited to see you in the show. I'm so excited about the work you're doing. Truly, this is amazing. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate you, Andrew. My guest today has been Chrissy Whitehead, who is the author and artist of the incredible show In My Own Little Corner, My Work in Progress with Bipolar Disorder. It's having a one night only show this coming Monday, January 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Abrams Art Center. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting ovationticks.com. We also have some other contact information for the show, which we'll be posting on our episode description as well as on our social media posts. But head over to ovationticks.com right now. Get your tickets for this incredible story. In my own little corner, my work in progress with bipolar disorder. It's one night only, Monday, January 22nd at 7 p.m. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.